This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character. A problem to the police, but a crusade of law. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. You sure are. Yeah, that's right. Don't you forget it. That's, no uh, one can take that away from you. <laughs> yeah, they probably could if they, you know, had legal precedent. But uh, <laughs> they will buy your name out from under you and make you change it. Yeah, and that over there is Kate Joel, my co-host and partner in crime. Uh, we were talking about doing. The Elseworlds Exchange, you know, like, what, what should we do next? And we were both kind of jazzed for the holiday, so we thought, hey, let's let's do it upright. Let's do some holiday cheer. Let's spread some holiday cheer around. Let us. I mean, you know, we were just talking before we started about the Christmas crunch that we're all kind of in now, trying to run around, get that last-minute gift, trying to, you know, get the food together. You know, you, you got to make the Christmas dip. I don't know about you, but I make a Christmas dip every year. I do not make a Christmas dip. I don't even know what that's supposed to be. I do a salmon dip, and I also do, like, the spinach dip in the pumpernickel bread, if you've ever had oh, that. Oh, yes, I do. That's awesome. That's really it is cool. good. Nice. It's good um, stuff. Yeah, we just, I, I just go, like, out. Like, I go to either, it used to be that I would go, you know, we got two celebrations. We got the Christmas Eve, and then we got the Christmas Day. Um, two different houses, all, they're all mine. You know, like, they're either my parents' house, or they're a relative's house that lives in the area. Um I used to have a friend's Christmas, but as the friends dwindled down, we have fewer of those. Now that, that's the like, thing about Christmas for all our younger fans out there. Your Christmases will actually get smaller and smaller. And I know at the point I am now, it's probably the smallest Christmas has ever been for me. Really? Yeah, uh, not near as much family to visit anymore for any number of reasons. Right. Uh, all my uh, all my friends have moved away, and even then they weren't exactly, you know, like, hey, come hang out with us in Christmas. Although I guess... Some of them do come back and will, like, maybe go see a movie. I'll probably end up yeah. going to see Force Awakens again. Yeah, or you could you go know. see Hateful Eight. Could go see The Hateful Eight because it's New Year's, isn't it? It comes they out moved on it. Christmas Day. Did it? Oh, they moved it up even further. Yeah, well, maybe oh, in Canada well. it's different, but over here it's possibly. Day. I can't wait, man. That's, That's going to be good. Yeah, there was a time when I was more excited, when I would be more excited for Hateful Eight, but now that I've heard that, like, there's some... You know, there's some good Star Wars rumblings. I am totally in. Mm. So I'm more yeah. excited for Star Wars, but I can't wait for Hateful Eight. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it, too. You know, it's, it's funny because that was like the Tarantino movie that almost didn't happen because yeah. it had a bit of a conniption fit when the script leaked. I was like, I'm never doing this. Okay, fine. One night only. I'll get all the actors together and we'll read the script and you'll have to pay a bunch of money to come see it. Yep. And then it's like, oh, people really like that? Well, maybe I'll just make the movie. Well, now. then I guess I'll do it. I mean, you know. <laughs> I remember reading that he wasn't going to do it, and I, I guess I was like, I don't know why I believed him. I was like, wow, he's really not going to make this movie. Um, I guess because I'm like, you know what, Tarantino could literally just go like, ah, fuck it, throw it away, write another amazing script and move on. I, I kind of hoped that he was going to do a palate cleanser, like he'd just done a Western, why another Western right after it? Because he likes Westerns, apparently. He's like, yeah, so I found out making Django Unchained that I really like Westerns, so yeah, I'm going to make exactly. another one now. I mean, like, the fact is, they're also really cheap to make, you know, so it's, uh, that's probably that also a appealing to him. You know, you don't need really a permit to shoot in, like, you know, Hollywood Boulevard. You could just literally go to California, like, tell you just the woods of California. 
I used to work with a guy who uh, really sucks, and he's a real fucker. But, uh, back <laughs> Merry when Christmas, I, everybody. Yeah, but back when I used to work with him, um, he shot like a like a fan film and he just legitimately he lived in california just walked out into the into the you know the the fields that look exactly like they did 150 years ago mm-hmm. and shot their 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 apocalyptic wasteland it was like cool you know location I, location location man. fantastic yeah i'm actually planning uh speaking of christmas specials you know i don't know if you are aware but uh, here at Comic Pop, we back when we were TV Little House used to make Christmas specials, and uh, I am very aware of those. I, I thought those were super cool. Thank you for watching them. Uh, you are one of the five, and uh, <laughs> I, I am one of those I was, five. <laughs> and by the way, we're not doing a Christmas special this year for the three other people who haven't who, who are excited about it. Uh, but it's only because doing this channel and running everything else was, and also one of our key actors or friends of mine who was going to be in it had a baby two uh. months early so it kind of like threw off like the original plan i was like oh we'll do this no uh, okay and then it's only going to be like three people in this in the special no i don't want to do that and then it was and then it just fell apart so uh <laughs> also the the script i wrote because I'm, I'm writing a script uh is it's just it's too big to have mm. shot it in like the small window of time we had so i thought like you know what i'll do i'll i'll start now and then hopefully by next christmas i it'll be done like, so I'll just shoot it from now until next year, and then maybe we'll have an epic Christmas special for that. That's time. thinking ahead. That's what I want to do. That's what we did with our with our biggest one. Twas the night before yesterday. Uh, mm. I, it was just literally, literally, we had the idea in June, and then just started shooting up until Christmas. Uh, so that really worked out. I kind of wanted cool. to return to that because that was that was the second one we did out of like five. So I was like, man, that was the biggest one. The second one. But, you know. I was at an idea I wanted to pitch for my own Christmas special. It's kind of a parody. I'm surprised, honestly, no one's thought to do it right now. Yeah. Let's do Taken, but with Santa Claus. The All the elves get taken. The entire workforce gets taken. And Santa needs to like go out there and start breaking legs to get the toy makers back. That sounds great. I love that. And then the big twist at the end of it is you find out they were stolen by the Chinese government because obviously all toys come from China. Yes. Everything gets made there, so they were mad at Santa for horning in on their racket. <laughs> nice. And then it's literally Santa versus the Red Army. I mean, how fun would that be? Because be he wears cool. a red suit and the Red Army. And yeah, you see. There you go. Sort of like poetry. Um, the, 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 now that brings us, of course, to our discussion about the holiday, about Christmas. Uh, by the way, for those of you who do not partake, do not celebrate Christmas, this should not... You should not feel alienated by this, I hope. Uh, the fact is... In, in while... fact, we had actually planned to do a Hanukkah episode, believe it or not. We actually... That that was on our list of ones. We wanted to celebrate Jewish comic book characters. That's right. And, uh, man, we missed that. Neither of us are Jewish. <laughs> we just wanted to do it. Yeah, exactly. We just... Well, the, the fact is, like, the beginnings of the comic book industry were founded by a lot of Jewish people. And the fact is True. there are several characters that are Jewish that are incredibly prominent in the world, uh, in, in yep. you know, in the comic book world. Um, and we just, we just dropped the ball. <laughs> did, 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 did you know Harley Quinn apparently was originally supposed to be Jewish? That would not surprise me. That doesn't surprise me at all. Like, uh, I, I was doing a video earlier. I was talking about, uh, Holiday Nights, that great Batman the Animated yes. Series special, which is itself an adaptation of a Paul Dini comic, the Batman Holiday Adventures from the short-lived comic line that existed there. And apparently in that story... They make a bunch of references to uh, Harleen Quinzel actually being Jewish. Nice. 
Nice. Which, which I kind of wish they kept. I think that would be fun. I mean, is it official? I don't think that they could. I mean, you could. It's like it's like a the thing being Jewish. Like he's just always been Jewish, just never came up. So yeah, fine. Um, man, yeah. As far, as far as I'm concerned, Deanie wrote it, so it's canon. If it's canon in his head, then it's canon in that's my true. head. That's true. The man's too. the he is the father of Harley Quinn. That's his. That's his baby. You gotta you gotta respect. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Um, but that's a great point. Cause like, okay, so we didn't get a chance to do that, but let's talk about Christmas specials because, uh, or Christmas dominated pop culture, uh, icons and, and, and ideas. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, growing up, nothing made me feel more like it's the Christmas season than TV. It's true. Like, than the you Christmas did, you didn't know it was, you needed it to get into the spirit. And I would say, as I get older and more jaded and more cynical, I need my specials now more than ever to it's help true. me get to the spirit. Yeah, I need my saccharine nostalgia dialed up to 11. It needs yep. to be just this, this concentrated, you know, juice filled nostalgia can. Uh, yep. So let's go over some of our favorite Christmas specials. What? Yes, what were please. Some, now, now you guys, you're you're Canadian, obviously, but I think we had a little bit of overlap. I know you just got, uh, you just found Civilization in Canada. What, like about it's twenty true. or thirty years ago? So that's right around the same time that our Christmas specials really started to ramp up. So uh, out of, out of the wilderness from Canada, what 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 did you guys have to <laughs> to well, write I mean, the new yeah. year on TV? I mean, you know, I, I think a good jumping off point here is probably one that they've done a million times and everyone has their own favorite version. That is A Christmas Carol. Oh, yes. Okay, now A Christmas Carol is an amazing show that I never really appreciated. I, never, I always took it for granted. I always thought it was kind of, like, dumb. Mm. Uh, and only just because it was – it's the Christmas special. It's, like, yeah. the one. The Christmas one, special. yeah. Uh, and I only started to get an appreciation for it when I was in college and – I was in it every year. Oh, nice. Every year our college uh, performed A Christmas Carol, and they, I had a friend in college who was a year older than me who graduated two years before the year that I started but had been playing Scrooge for four years. <laughs> and the uh, guy who ran the production, who actually his wife co-wrote the, like co-adapted it into a stage play, mm-hmm. um, they ran it with an iron fist and they were like, no, uh, our, you know, this kid who is now an adult, he played the best Scrooge. And so he will play Scrooge (laughs) until he chooses not to anymore. Wow. He was Scrooge for about eight years. And we're like, wow. We're like, dude. And being friends of his, we're like, Hey Matt, you gotta stop being Scrooge, man. You gotta give it to somebody else. (laughs) It's, it's getting weird, man. You're like, uh, you're like one of those doctor who's who never wanted to give it up. It's like, okay, give someone else a turn. Exactly. Okay, man. I, we, we, your enthusiasm is, is, is appreciated, but we need to start getting (laughs) getting a little weird creepy now exactly uh they hired a guy not hired they they cast a kid to play marley my freshman year and they were so disappointed with his performance that they were just then when he auditioned again they gave they gave him another part just so they could not tell him that he was awful as marley (laughs) and then they were like would you and then they they had me audition and they were like we'd like you to play marley back then i was about 100 pounds lighter and i was much more like gaunt and gangly and so they were like, do you want to play Marley? And I'm like, I don't know. What's Marley again? And they're like, he's the guy who only says, like, he says a crap load of things and then leaves mm-hmm. for the rest of the play. And I'm like, never seen again. I'm like, bingo. Just drops the mic and leaves. I'm in. That's basically the whole thing is like, hey, your ass is getting haunted tonight, that's, Scrooge, my man. That's right. 
So I played up Marley, and back then it was Lord of the Rings was prominent. So I played him kind of Christopher Lee like with a very, yeah, very deep go. voice. That it's just I played Saruman. It was Saruman as as Marley, which my the, director. These are the chains I forged in life, <laughs> link by link and yard by yard. Such an amazing line and such a great visual that we forge chains in life and they drag us down when we die. Yeah. It's funny for me, I've never seen a Marley that I actually really like, which is ironic because mm -hmm. I loved playing him and he's a really juicy part. But it's just, you never, like, I've never seen a part where I'm like, this guy rocks. The only one that I've actually enjoyed, and it was only because it's more entertaining, is Waldorf and Statler as Marley and Marley from the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's right, because they play so many different amazing versions. I'm going to say right now, my favorite version was a 1990 TV's version with Patrick Stewart That's as Scrooge. The yes, the, the Patrick Stewart version is in my top two. There's two versions that I that I hold to be definitive Scrooge, like... A Christmas Carol, not like interpretations like Scrooged, but yeah. actual A Christmas Carol. If you're going to sit down and go like, we're going to get our Dickens on. Boom. These this two is the are the one. ones to watch. The TV, uh, uh, Patrick Stewart one and the uh, is it George, George, C. George Scott? C. Scott. Yeah, the George C. Scott one from 1984. Two, That's another really amazing one. Two totally different versions of Scrooge, two totally different transformations both incredibly haunting and believable and, and oh, just, yes. just incredible. I just watched the George C. Scott one with Tiffany the other day. Such a classic. It's my, it's one of my favorites. I just love it because not only is it haunting and beautiful and well, well uh, crafted, but the acting, the, the people oh, in yeah. it. You have David Warner, Rachel mm. Ghoul himself as Bob Cratchit. I know. The lowly. He's like, oh, I'm very happy this day. I'm like, detective. Yeah, duh. <laughs> but he's amazing and he's believable and he's sad and you're just like, oh, everyone's so great in that movie. Um, crap. Uh, Alfred from the original uh, Batman movies is in it. He plays one of the yes. one of the charity organizers. Um, oh, uh, the sheriff of Rottingham plays Scrooge's nephew. Real embarrassment of just great British talent in it's that. It's true. Movie. It's true. But that, but, and the fact is, I don't know anybody, I think, in that Patrick Stewart one, but it doesn't matter because Stewart steals the show. Yes, he does. It is a one-man show. He is a powerhouse of a performer. That one also takes some interesting liberties with the story, and mm -hmm. that one actually starts with Scrooge going to Marley's funeral. Yes. But that's like the first five minutes, and he's like, you know what? I promise I won't end up like you. Flash forward five years. <laughs> ah, yeah. crap. Ah, crap. I'm worse. Uh, the that other... one has one of my favorite versions of death too in that one you know the final ghost oh yes I liked both those those ghosts like in the George C. Scott one the the the, the sound of death is just like a mm -hmm. chair scraping against the ground yeah this is there's so much room to play around and have fun in that. I know there's like a million animated versions where, you know, like none of the ghosts ever look the same. Yep. Or, you know, it's like sometimes, you know, Christmas passes a boy. Sometimes it's a woman. Sometimes it's an angel. Yeah. And then, you know, you got present who's always like a big, fat, portly, like Santa looking dude. Yep. Ex except for in one I remember, there was an animated one with Tim Curry as Scrooge. And he's doing amazing, but the rest of the special totally sucks. A, because it's cheap, and B, because they shove a bunch of musical numbers down your throat for Ugh. no reason. But in that version, the ghost of Christmas present is I shit you not played by Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> she could do it. I think she could nail that. That sounds about right. It's the spice of life. 
Oh, it's what I have. That's funny. I did not know that. Um, Pre- present is always my favorite ghost because he starts off all happy and cool. But then as time runs down, because the present always is running down, yes. he gets old and sick and decrepit and basically turns into dust. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love the idea that he's dying as the day goes on because he's the present. The present will eventually die at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and and then the version that some are uh, the bit that some versions cut out and some people keep. It's the one where, you know, uh, present lifts up his rose and robes and, you know, it's the two yes. sickly children of want and ignorance. That I'm not a huge fan of. It was in my version, like in mm. the play I was in. And it's in the George C. Scott. I think it's in both versions. Uh, version the the patrick stewart one and the george c scott one. which is probably why i really like those two because i don't know why that's always the first bit to get cut but that's always the first it's bit really to get weird and esoteric because it it's not quite the message like the message is about scrooge and it's about you know like don't be a dick but then mm-hmm. there's this general message that president wants to like kind of president has an agenda that he also wants to kind of advance yes well, as he long does. as i'm affecting this really rich guy i might as well also tell him about want and ignorance in and how they will eventually be for the the downfall of all of mankind because that's what dickens was trying to that was dickens own agenda going into that like i think and again a lot of the original interpretation is lost in time and commercialization oh, yeah. But I think what he was originally screening against was like Sabbatarianism was like the thing he really didn't like. And that's what he was going on about. Well, there was definitely he was definitely attacking class and he was absolutely trying to get like a socioeconomic message across Mm. like through Scrooge because there's more than a few tenement scenes in that play. Oh, yes. You know, and of course, the uh, the 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 money changing people at the end, the you were born to make your fortune, Marty, and you'll certainly do it with these bed curtains. You pull down rings and all with him a lion there. Like you got that. Those characters were amazing. Do do, do we not have workhouses? Do we not have prisons? (laughs) Um, which, yeah. which man with uh with trump running for president right now i could imagine him saying all those things yeah maybe he'll get visited by three spirits at the end of this season hopefully. wouldn't that be amazing trump stops his campaign look i'm sorry i have to stop the campaign <laughs> i was visited by three ghosts in the night they made really good pitches so uh, <laughs> yeah. uh everybody in america gets a christmas goose exactly <laughs> that'd be amazing um Man, Saturday Night Live is going to have an amazing uh, episode this coming Christmas because they got Tina Fey and Amy Poehler back. They need to do that sketch. Yes, they do. That'd be amazing. That's that's one for free, SNL. You can have that. But Lauren Michaels, if you're watching, and we know you are, you oh, can yeah. have that one. Yeah, that's the, from the Elseworlds Exchange. <laughs> from the Elseworlds You're welcome. Exchange. We'll get little credits at the end of it there. It's like sketch idea by, yeah. you know, Joel and Sal. <laughs> um... All right, so there's A Christmas Carol, which is, like, the definitive... That's, like, the number one. If you ever... If you don't watch anything, watch A Christmas Carol. And I don't mean just the title. I mean, like, any version. And Everyone's done it. Your, your... And because it's in the public domain, everyone can do it, and everyone can screw around with it. The Flintstones did an amazing one. Yes, they one. did. That's one of Tiffany's favorites Christmas specials, is, is the Flintstones Christmas. Because that one works like two on two levels. hours long, by the way. It is. Like, that one works on two levels, because, like, Fred is playing Scrooge in a play, and the more into the part he gets, the more of a D-bag he is to the rest of his family, and then they actually work out their issues on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I remember at at several points during that special, I go, shouldn't this be over? (laughs) Like, haven't we reached terminal velocity with this play? (laughs) And then you get the stuff, like, you get the Mickey Mouse one. Now, that's a good one to talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. 
please continue. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was waiting for you. Like, that's one to talk about. I'm like, for, for people who don't know, I can't actually see Sal's oh, face. Oh, right. Sorry about that. I, I'm watch, I'm watching the stream so I can kind of gauge You're his feelings. You're a little feelings, behind, yeah. Um, is the thing, but yeah, the Mickey the Mickey Mouse one is cool because that one gets the entire story in in like 22 minutes. It's amazing how short that damn thing is. It feels like I remember I remember it being much longer than it was, but it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, it, I also want to see it again. I haven't seen it in a while because it, I I think that's like the first time they brought in Scrooge McDuck into the into the disney animated universe i don't know in, if that's into the true. main canon the, the main disney canon yeah i mean there were there were scrooge comic books for a while but like in the cartoon canon that's where you get scrooge mcduck uh i also love blue uh is it who's who's goofy's nemesis is it bluto oh no pete pete thank you voiced by the great jim that's cummings Popeye. but yeah like uh yeah pete being the ghost of Christmas future and having a cigar. That's great. Where he lights it off smoke. the tombstone. Oh, it's amazing. Back yeah. when you could do that in cartoons. I remember being, I remember thinking that the animation was particularly good. I wonder if that's still true. I think it holds. I most old Disney stuff holds up. Yeah. Um, now of course we could talk about the Muppet Christmas Carol. I think it's a little overrated, but I think it's a, it's a good show. It's Brian Henson's first directorial yep. movie. It's the first Muppet movie made after Jim died. Yep. So I'm sure there's a lot of like deep, uh, you know, feelings in that one that they a lot really of stuff need to work tied through. up in that one. Uh, everyone kind of cites Michael Caine as their favorite Scrooge as a, as a result. I feel like he's kind of phoning it in. He's 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 not Michael Caine playing Scrooge. He's just Michael Caine being Scrooge. He's Michael Caine surrounded by puppets. I think that's has as comfortable as he can get when he's surrounded by puppets. It's just, oh, I'm Michael Caine. Yeah. You know, just Kermit the Frog all around the <laughs> and stuff. Kippers, exactly. kippers and onions, whatever. <laughs> they really also uh, they really um, they really truncated the hell out of that one too. They like cut yeah. all this stuff and. I think they made Fred and uh, Bob have the same visit on the same day. Like he goes to Fred's and then he goes to Bob's or something like that. I don't know. It's really short. Yeah, they, they do truncate it to put in more Muppet gags. Now, one I never saw because it got such bad reviews when it came up, but that Zumekis Jim Carrey one where it's ultra dry literalism, where I, they're literally just reading it off the original page. Now that I did not watch because it looked horrible. Uh, which is funny because, like, I, I mean, obviously it's Bob Zemeckis. The dude knows how to make a great fucking movie. He's made two of my favorites, Roger Rabbit and Back to the Future. I yep. can't fucking fault the guy. That said, I don't have any interest in watching that. Also, isn't Jim Carrey playing everybody? It's They're doing a Polar Express thing because in the Polar Express, Tom Hanks played everybody. And now in this, Jim Carrey's playing yeah. everybody. Now, I, I also want to mention the, uh, the Polar Express because... There's a lot of contention, at least in my generation, about it. Uh, I know a couple. I saw it now. for the first time this week. Really? Not, yes. Oh, shit. Yes, I, I saw it for the first time ever. Wow. What'd you think? Okay, here's the thing. So a bunch of people had built it up before I seen it. It's like, oh, it's so great and so beautiful. And Tom Hanks, one of the greatest actors of our generation, he plays all these roles so seamlessly. Yeah. When I actually watched it, the thing that stuck out to me super hard right away is that like the nerdy kid. Yeah. Is is Mandark. Man is Mandark. <laughs> and that just took me out of the whole movie. I'm like, why is Mandark here? That is the only thing I think of whenever he's like, ha ha ha, ha 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 ha. I'm like, oh God, Mandark, shut up. Now he's it, supposed to be wretched and terrible and you hate him, which I do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, but Jesus Christ, Mandark. Tell me about it. Uh, the more that special went on too, 
and maybe this is just my own weird reading of it years later, it felt a little Christian propaganda-y. Really? Actually. It did, where it's like, you know, you gotta believe. O only those who truly believe in the kingdom of Santa can hear the bells. <laughs> Everyone else is just missing it. And the fact that they make the smart kid, who is constantly, you know, quoting the, facts the, the, and statistics. The atheist character. <laughs> They make him into the bad one. Yeah. And the fact that he's on the train, because, you know, it's the train for people who don't believe, yeah. makes me think, I'm like, oh, is is that why he's on the train? Because, you know, these kids did research and, like, no, you kids should stop trying to read. Just believe. Believe in Santa. That's fucked up. Yeah. I, I don't read into it that much. I just kind of like it. I think it's just kind of sweet. Um, it's cute. The songs are, that the main. The songs are beautiful. Uh, not the, I mean, like. You know the the the, 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 the cute main ones. theme. Yeah. yeah, the main the main theme. It's really nice. It's very Christmassy. Feels like just it just feels warm. I just I kind of dig. Hanks it. is good, and uh, and I don't mind the weird humanoid animation. Um, I know that it's very different from the book. The book, of course, has much you know it, it's well it's a book, so it's going to be very different. The art's very different. It's much more like I didn't even know it was based on a book. Oh yeah, it's based off of a of a children's storybook that. Oh, it's wow. just, I mean, it's just big. It's one of those landscape books. We open it up, but it's beautiful, you know. But, uh, but yeah, I kind of dig the Polar Express. I like. Oh, the, it's uh, fun. It's a, it's a beautiful movie. It's also one of those movies that I'm sure it would have blown my freaking mind if I saw it in theaters oh, in three days. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. It's Especially a ride. As an animation buff, you would have been, yeah, would have been a fan. Like it's a freaking ride, yeah. is you know what that movie is. Mm -hmm. Um, so. There are a couple of older ones that I always feel like I need to watch when I'm a kid, mm -hmm. or uh, that I grew up with as a kid that I always watch now. One of them, and I'm 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 kind of sad that I'm bringing it up this early, but what the hell is the Garfield Christmas special? Oh yes, might that's be right. my favorite Christmas special of all time. It's and pretty underrated. I don't think not near enough people have seen that one, but that one that one gets some good stuff done. It does some amazing stuff. It of course gets Lorenzo Music's Garfield involved, which is like you know, we can't argue with that. Uh, you get to see John Arbuckle's family, which you never. Which get is to see. really cool. That was mind blowing the first time I saw it. It's like, dude, this guy has a family. Yeah, and they lived on a farm. Like John yeah. is the successful one. <laughs> mm hmm. Sad sack John is yeah. the successful is the one envy of, this of his family. family. Uh, his grandmother being um, a widower and, you know, lonely and but also like progressive and cool. I always loved that that message. Uh, they also also a lot of great music in that one. Um, oh, wonderful. Some of the best they ever did for oh, that. Oh, man, easily. The opening one, the uh, the gimme, gimme, gimme song. There's also, of course, just like the just the saccharine cute ones. Just it's just a just a solid fucking special. Uh, it used to be free on YouTube. Somebody at Jim Davis heard about it, mm -hmm. and now you can watch it on YouTube for eight dollars. Thankfully, I have my fucking VHS tape, which has Dang. all my commercials in it, so I can just throw that on from like 1986 awesome. and just watch that. But uh, love that special. I don't. It's just something about it. it. It's you know what it is. I think because the religious overtones are completely absent. It's just about yeah. family togetherness and overeating, which I think is are three things that are my favorite things in the world. Uh, so, yeah, it highlights everything I like about Christmas. It's going someplace to be to be with your family. It's you know, it, it also highlights the whole family dynamic of like, listen, not everybody oh, yeah. agrees with each other, not everybody gets along, but at the end of the day, they're family and they love each other. Like that's really which cool. you're going to have at every Christmas dinner when you argue with your conservative uncle and everything. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I'm telling a little too much from my own life. I was going right to say, there. or in my case, you're conservative everyone. <laughs> and you're the weirdo. Mm -hmm. 
they, they because there's so few like people who don't subscribe who don't think that Donald Trump is a serious candidate for president like <laughs> I am not looked at as like a weirdo I'm more looked at as kind of adorable <laughs> you know they're like look at him go oh you really think that the you know the I- I, I did have one nice moment a couple Christmases back when I was reading uh, a Jeff Johns Green Lantern comic, yeah. and I'm like, "Hey, Uncle Blank name here. This the, <laughs> this guy's the conservative mouthpiece of the comic book universe, but he's best friends with Green Arrow, who's the liberal mouthpiece." Yeah, exactly. Of the of the DC universe, isn't that nice? And oh, look, here he is. You know, quoting uh, what is it that that dude who was tortured in Vietnam, that guy who ran for president for a little bit. Oh. P- Palin's running mate, but now we only remember Palin because she oh, was so. Oh, you talking about John McCain? John McCain, yeah, uh, friggin' uh, Jeff Johns quotes John McCain in an old Green Lantern story. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, when Green Lantern's being tortured, he's like, you know, but John McCain told me once. Weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> That's a real thing that happened in the early days of Green Lantern that of Jeff crazy. Johns' run. Yikes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, John McCain. But anyway, <laughs> Christmas. Um, there's another one that I really dig. It's the, it's the, uh, California Raisins Christmas special. I have only ever heard of that. I've never actually seen that one. All the sketches are available on YouTube. It's not available all in one stream, but like you can catch it all. It's, I think it's just called a, a claymation Christmas. Mm. I love it, but only because of how weird claymation's a weird animal. It is. Uh, and it, no one really does it anymore. They certainly don't. And I, I I'm glad because, I think it only really exists in this bubble of time when it was socially acceptable to exist. Cause now you look at it and you're just like, this is a really uncomfortable, like it's not real, but it's also not quite animation. And the joke, the people who decided to make claymation shows were also not, you know, it, it was like, it's like a Don Bluth movie. You yeah. Know, it's not, you, you think it's Disney, then you watch it but and you're like, not, that guy was eaten by crows and like so, you know, you, you with, with I know exactly what movie you're quoting when you say eaten by crows. That's right. They're back a dinosaur story. <laughs> a dinosaur story. What the crab Don Bluth. What, but yeah. what a weird movie with a couple really amazing sequences in it. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh but yeah, like I, I like it. It's it's basically that's what a Christmas special is. It's it is a series of sketches by notable characters. Uh, interspliced with hosts who are presenting the show. The hosts are two anthropomorphic dinosaurs, uh, one of whom is playing like Mr. Howell from Gilligan's Island. He's an upper crusty dinosaur. And the other one's a stegosaurus who is dumb. And it's, <laughs> and, and it's weird. It's like, why did you do this? But in the 80s, you know, and then like the 80s, we were just like, yeah, that's Put what I'm watching. But the uh, great music, great songs. Uh, you know, obviously, it's it, it, it infuses a little bit of like R and B and like jazz music into Christmas. Uh, it also has like a great Carol of Bells sequence that is that is humor in it. Okay, I have actually seen that Carol of the Bells bit. Actually, I haven't seen anything else. Where they're I've all seen real bells bit. and they bang on each other. Yeah. Yes, I've seen that bit. Yeah, it's hilarious. In it that is good. Humor takes place during it, uh, <laughs> but it's it's weird. The whole the old interspersed ske- like sketches for the dinosaurs is that they're is that they other characters show up singing here we come a wassailing but they always mm-hmm. say a word instead of wassail like waffle <laughs> uh you know and and I could go for some waffles yeah and that's the you know and that's the joke 
but yeah, what else, what other like top topper Christmas specials for you are there that exist in the pop culture zeitgeist? Oh, for sure. Well, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned uh, you mentioned claymation there, and uh, did you ever see Box Trolls? Box Trolls came the out movie, like this. I did not see Box Trolls. Box uh, Trolls is amazing. Just you know, if people want something that's really cool in claymation, that's that's Leica, the same people who did like Paranorman and oh, Coraline okay. and a bunch of other. It looks stuff. exactly like those. So I was like, yeah, okay. No. Here's the thing. It's actually a really smart movie about classism oh cool that's box box trolls is all about classism yeah interesting but yes back on the christmas thing you you mentioned the religious overtones there and i like that because you know christmas specials really do come in two varieties the santa centric or the jesus centric exactly one that you might not think to be jesus centric but is actually kind of cool it's uh and again it pertains to superheroes so i know our audience will really like it um it was uh x-men evolution on angel's wing it was the first episode they did with Angel. Did you ever see that? I did not. I did. I saw the Christmas special from the original X Men animated series. Have yourself a Morlock little Have Christmas. Have yourself a Morlock Christmas, which has no religious overtones. No, not all. It's let's go to the sewer yeah. and help out I Lobster give, Boy. I give clothes to the Morlocks. Where Storm literally looks directly into the camera and guilt trips people at Christmas time. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like we would her her exact line is we would all do wise to remember that. <laughs> like thanks, Storm. Jeez. But uh but what happens in the in the Angel one? Okay, so on Angel's Wings, it was the first and only time in that show that we ever actually saw Warren Worthington. Interesting. And he's like living a privileged rich guy life at but at Christmas time, he decides to finally let himself be known as a mutant to go out there, put on a costume and try and save people. And it's also kind of a reference to like the original, like avenging angel, angel books that Marvel put out. Yeah. So it's kind of like a twofer, but here's the thing because he's flying around as an angel on Christmas, saving people from house fires and muggings and everything. Everyone in New York starts to think he's a real actual biblical angel, right? That's cool. That's a neat idea. That is a neat idea. And Xavier and because uh, well, the X-Men have a skeleton crew because everyone else went home for Christmas. Yes. Which is so that they've done that. <laughs> so it's just Xavier and Beast who are hanging out at the mansion with Cyclops and Rogue because those two don't have any families to go home to. Right. <laughs> so Xavier's like, hey, tell you what, kids, Cerebro is getting uh, getting updated. You've got to get the newest updates for Cerebro. So yeah. how about you kids actually go out into the street and talk to people and try and hunt down this angel guy? Okay. And, you know, and there's like a bit of sexual tension they play up between Cyclops and Rogue because that's what they kind of had going yeah, for the show. Yeah, I remember that being a thing. Yeah, they had like a love triangle between, you know, her, them and Jean and whatever. And it's it's just kind of this moment where, you know, they talk about faith and everything. And uh, Beast reads a classic thing from the Bible saying, you know, entertain ye all visitors because some may have entertained angels unaware. Okay. And say, you know, maybe what we think of as mutants could maybe be something more. And obviously, you know, you need a villain for the piece. So Magneto goes around and tries to ruin Warren's life in hopes that if he messes him up so bad, he'll want to come join the Brotherhood. Of course. So, solid planning. Yeah, good job. Magnus. Solid planning there with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, they beat the bad guy and everything. What's cool about it is that it was written by Boyd Kirkland, who did a number of uh, the X-Men Evolution bits. Mm-hmm. I only found this out later when I looked into him, but apparently he was a very devout member of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saint, Ah. but he had actually battled with his church quite a bit. He was kind of like a black sheep of his church and everything, and I feel like this episode on a meta level was kind of him working out his own religious stuff. That's cool. 
through the lens of X-Men and through the lens of a comic. And again, it's another beautiful looking episode. The snow looks great. The music that they only used for this one episode is great. It's a really fun one. That's cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can see all of X-Men Evolution on YouTube for free. Really? Yeah, on the on the official Marvel channel. They've actually uploaded all of them, so you can actually go watch on Angel's Wings tonight if you want. That's really cool. I might just do that. Mm. Um, there it's a fun are, episode. There, you know, there's there's so many amazing specials, and I, I, I liked... The reason why I'm, I brought up our Christmas specials that we made ourselves and, and, and this whole episode itself is because I've always fascinated with the Christmas special, the idea of... Mm you know, taking a break from your regular scheduled continuity or using continuity to, to further, to further something with this big epic otherworldly special, usually, you know, hammering home some kind of point or doctor some, who is famous for that. Doctor they who make is the famous thing. Yeah. That's like the main pop culture nerddom example is like the doctor who Christmas special and how it's which like, are always like mini movies. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's really cool that they do that. And I, I think it's really neat that they keep that tradition alive. Um, but I always like to see what people do with the format where they're like, if we have to do a, like, I think we have to do a special. And, yeah. Um, Cause not everybody does it only sometimes they do it. Yeah. Not, not everyone is like Simpsons in South park where it's like a yearly thing. Most of the time. It's true. It's true. Um, South Park ironically didn't do one this season. No, they did not. No, they were, but they were busy this season, as I uh, as yeah. I noticed. Um, but yeah, I I I, I th was thinking about specifically the He Man She Ra Christmas. Ah, I've seen it. We ripped that one a couple years back. Actually, that is something else. And by God, it is. Oh my God, that's again like another like hour and a half long special that really hammers home like what a toolbox Skeletor is and how much more effective <laughs> Hordak is and how the Hordak totally kicks his ass and we see their boss Horde Prime. Yeah. Uh, Who's just a big cloud of evil and a <laughs> ship? It's just—it's just hilarious. Just that the amount of effort that went into that, and how they just—and and the children in the special and Skeletor were making. No, I don't feel good. I feel evil. No, nah. like, nah, nah, I will give you coats with my power. Oh nah, my beast man. Just amazing. Um, I love seeing it everywhere. I—I I, I like that. There are so many like references to it in our pop culture. I saw mm -hmm. when I was working as a, as a teacher last year, uh, a, a two people wore Christmas sweaters with He-Man and She-Ra on them. No. Yeah, and I'm like, oh man, what'd you think of it? And they were like, oh, I didn't watch it. And I'm like, oh, of course. And uh, I'm thinking about like other Christmas specials people like to reference, but clearly they didn't watch it because. Uh, there would be a visible scar, and I know that you're, you like you have experienced this as well. It's like going and on together. Uh, the the Star Wars holiday special. Yes, we we ripped that over on my channel that this is... year. In, in fact, it's up now. If you check my Twitter feed, it, you're right. It's like going to Nam. You are brothers with those people forever. Yeah, once you watched through. the Star Wars holiday special all the way through, you're part of a very a very tortured brotherhood of people who have aged a few years longer because because it really is like it's like going through a time vortex where you're just like 70s man can late this 70s. be over and it's not even and what's amazing is it kept all those commercials and the commercials are for like unions and it's just, you're like wow commercials from the 70s were weird and like old 70s like medication like anison yeah exactly and like Ford Motor Company when they're doing good, where it's like, yeah, Ford helps America, America in cars. This will never, ever change. That's right. But that's special. 
as a kid, you know, growing up before YouTube and everything, the only way to watch it was to go to a Comic-Con and getting a copy from like a dark alley somewhere. And uh, a friend of mine well, had only ever kept copy. alive through piracy and tape trading. Yeah. And a friend of mine had a copy and I remember hearing references to it and, you know, reading wizard magazine, they always, they always reference that they had a special where they showed you rejected toy ideas from the star Wars holiday special. Oh, they actually Netflix. made like Mala and lumpy and itchy and, and art Carney. Yeah. And art Carney's character and Harvey Corman's alien. And I'm like, this is a, this is phenomenal. This is an amazing phenomenon. And so one day there, my friend was like, I have it. We could watch it, but I, I warn you, it's like the seven, it's like the ring tape. Like, but if you watch it, you'll never be the same. It's, it's like, it has the Dante's Inferno thing written on the tape. Abandon all hope ye who enter here. It's really true. Like it, it's, so you watch it and it, it is legitimately unwatchable. It's, it's a special level of hell is like, you really have to ask what was anyone involved thinking and the answer is they weren't thinking it no. opens with a bunch of stolen footage from a new hope which was the only movie that existed at the time right they didn't even have other movies to sample from uh, han has chewy and they're like don't you worry buddy i'll get you home for wookie life day which is the non-denominational star wars christmas, christmas. stand-in yep and, uh, even though even though the special technically aired at Thanksgiving time, actually, but in America, your Thanksgiving and your Christmas. So well, actually, it, the way we look at it, the way I look at it, at least, is uh, Thanksgiving comes and you watch the Macy's Day Parade, and at the mm. end of the parade, Santa arrives it's to true. herald the holiday season. He comes in like the herald of Galactus. Exactly, he goes up and he's just like a warning to all: Christmas is here. If you've been celebrating for this, I will find you. I will send the Krampus to come. <laughs> and take you away but now it's okay to celebrate because and, and prepare yourself for a for a milieu of abc family lifetime specials prepare to hear christmas songs in the mall and wherever you walk now yeah uh so but uh but damn man that holiday special is 90% of it is like wookies yes. without subtitles you without open anything it for 20 minutes the Wookiees have conversations with no subtitles. This will, this will never get old. They said as no. they filmed this, and it's it's the oldest. It's it 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 it. it. Anyway, and uh, then because we're oh, oh we're not even done yet. We haven't even scratched the surface. Oh, then there's on this the you know, there's so much more. There's the cartoons which are better but still terrible. The, the cartoon, which I kind of feel I need to take credit for because that stuff was made by Nelvana, a very famous Canadian animation oh, house. All right. That it cartoon looks... is also the first canon appearance of Boba Fett. He rides a dinosaur and he speaks with an Australian accent. Yeah, he is cool. Uh, it, he's, he's very cool in that special. And that's the thing. That's the only reason why we even know it exists is because throughout history, whenever they talked about Boba Fett, they're like, well, technically his first appearance is in the Star Wars Holiday Special. So I'm like, okay, nothing that has Boba Fett in it could not be cool. So eventually we watched uh, it and damn the, it, it. Carrie Fisher sings in it. And there's also, because this is the 70s, it's a variety show. There's a whole musical number from Jefferson Starship. Yep, because they have Starship in the title, you see. So they're perfect. It's great because the lead singer of Jefferson Starship is singing into what I guess was supposed to be a lightsaber. <laughs> But it ends up just looking like a giant glowing dildo, so he's oh, yeah. just singing into it, just yeah. getting right on into it. Yeah. Also, Carrie Fisher is on all the cocaine. 
Yes, at this time, most certainly. And there's a scene, which is, there's a wide shot where she has to enter the scene and you can see the stagehands push her yeah. onto the stage because she's so zonked. And damn, it's poor, so, poor Mark I, Hamill. They have maked up to the gills because this was not long after his very tragic motorcycle accident. It was so like they are right after the accident and before they even filmed Empire. So it's like, oh, yeah. They, he, he looks like a Ken doll because he they've does. caked on so much makeup to cover the scar tissue and. God, Harrison Ford, man, you can you can like actually pinpoint the second he stopped caring about acting. It's funny in that Harrison Ford acted in that special like he has for the last ten years. Yes, he has. Where he's just I don't care, whatever. Meh. Like after the special, he did other things that people really enjoy. Mosquito Coast, regarding Henry, you know, working girl. Like he was in movies people enjoy, and yeah. he worked really hard. But you know, there was a certain point in Harrison Ford's career where he went, ah, fuck it. And he really channels that older Harrison Ford in those moments where he's this, like, "This was him phoning it in." This, yeah. was, what's even better is that in that entire special, not one person fires a single blaster bolt oh, in no, that entire not. thing. There's a moment where you think it's gonna happen, and then like a stormtrooper just falls over some rails. That's right. Yeah, he falls over some rails on through the Ralph McQuarrie Kashuk painting. Which I don't think they paid Ralph McQuarrie for that. I think they stole that from his work desk and didn't Oh, that's pay exactly him. what that is. I know that because I've seen it in Ralph McQuarrie books. You know, like, that's the picture that they use, and they just threw it in. Like, fuck it. Just put it in. We get that. It has, like, weird Wookiee sex chairs, and B. Arthur has a song number and B. Arthur's song number at the canteen is probably the closest thing to actually sort of being Star Wars. Everything else has nothing to do with Star Wars. No, 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 no. But the cantina scene actually was was filmed or directed by like the first unit director of the of A New Hope. So that's why it looks like Star Wars. Because he was actually there making it. So he's like, okay, I know how to And apparently that sequence cost way too much and the T V people were like, You're fired. We just <laughs> want to do the bullshit that makes us money. And which is hilarious because it didn't make a dime because it's only useless. ever aired once. Yep. And uh, the quote by George Lucas, I believe, is attributed to is if I had the time and the resources, I would smash every copy with a hammer. Yes. Which is amazing to think the man who signed off on the prequels. This was too much for him. Yes. This was too far. You would also think that maybe he'd have an air of quality control after that experience. But apparently, yeah. uh, you know. The mind gets foggy after 30 years, but yeah, holy It damn. happens. The holiday but yeah, special, that... I, if you want to have a Merry Christmas, don't watch the Star Wars holiday special. Trust well, me watch, when I Watch you. our riff of it that we did that you can find on yeah, my exactly. Twitter. I'm not in it, but uh, trust me, it's it, it's way better. Also, Riff Tracks does one. Oh, it's and amazing. I've honestly, watched that one. I didn't watch it because it would mean I'd have to watch the special. The best part about the Riff Tracks one is they actually riff the commercials. Good. That's even better. That's like when the MST3K guys do, uh, you know, like those pre-movie movies, those shorts, like A Case of Spring mm. Fever or, you know, Gold Bond, Medicated Powder, that kind of thing. It's really great. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so... There's there's Christmas movies that I'd like to talk about, if you don't mind. Yes. Uh, oh, God, absolutely. Now, not necessarily ones that you'd think are Christmas movies, but these are more like, in the spirit of the holidays, what are some official, unofficial Christmas movies? You know, things like things like Die Hard. I knew Die Hard was coming. <laughs> now, Die Hard had to come up because it's everybody's favorite Christmas movie. That's become really popular in the last little bit. That's this become the popular smart-ass answer when it's like, oh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, Die Hard. Oh, Die course. Hard. Now, I did like, I saw somebody made a meme of uh, 
of Hans Gruber falling, and it says, "It ain't Christmas till Hans falls off Nagatomi Tower." And I'm like, I saw that too. I appreciate that. I I agree with you. Um, but another, but a, but for me, like a, an official Christmas movie is Gremlins. Grem, oh yeah, Gremlins with that dark ass story revolving around Santa. Yeah. Oh my God, Phoebe Cates, man. She was like, that was her Oscar was her Oscar pitch. Like she's like, let's see if this works. Oh, and then I love that they made fun of it in Gremlins too, where we imply that like she maybe got like sexually assaulted by a creep in a raincoat. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. It's we no. and and they don't let her finish the story. <laughs> not not nearly as many horror themed Christmas movies as you would think. I'm glad you mentioned Gremlins because I know I was reading a lot of the reviews for that new movie Krampus. Yeah. And a lot of people say it hits a lot of the same notes as Gremlins does. That's what I've heard, and that's why I want to see it. Because, mm, me too. And when I, I saw a, a poster recently, and it reminded me of the old eighties horror posters like uh yeah like, like what's that one with the cloud and the, and the and the horrible like scary face in it over the house i can't remember what it's called oh fright night fright night yeah, yeah okay yeah. see I, I know my shit Joel yeah. knows it shit. reminds me of like you know f like nightmare my, nightmare before christmas or nightmare on elm street rather uh fright night you know it, it, it's evocative of that and it even has one of those corny taglines like he like he knows if you've been bad or good or something like that like it's it, it's solid we, we got to say that the Krampus really is something amazing that has taken place in Christmas pop culture thanks to the internet. This weird, obscure piece of Germanic Christmas lore. Yes, a concept that I, I don't mind saying that a good, like, five or six years ago we incorporated into our Christmas special long before mm. they started making Krampus mm. stuff. Uh, I loved the idea of the Krampus character, even before we did, by the way, Venture Brothers used yes. the Krampus in one of my favorite portrayals of the character ever. As just some weird Brothers German Christmas sex freak. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, and, he's, and he has, because the idea here is, if you're not familiar, if you really want to know the actual myth of the Krampus, the Krampus is simply, he's a he's a goat demon character who comes out and he works for Santa. Like, he's legitimately like a Santa helper. Who, he's the anti-Santa. the anti-Santa. And he goes and he takes wicked children, he puts them into his wicker basket and then takes them away. And beats them with birch rods and occasionally. Beats them with birch rods and rusty chains. That's his other right, thing. and rusty chains, which he carries. Uh, but the Venture Brothers Christmas spe uh, special portrays him perfectly. Like just the animation, the, the design—it's amazing. He even has children in a wicker yes. basket on his back. It's a spectacular portrayal. Now, Man, German fairy tales are hardcore, aren't they? German fairy tales don't mess around. No, and they're like—they're kind of like, well, they're the progenitor of fairy tales. Those guys—they're like, let's tell a story to our children to scare the hell out of them so they'll shut up. It's—it's like, it's called grim for a reason, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Um, my favorite German fairy tale. Once there was a little boy who liked to suck his thumb. So then his mother cut off his thumb. That is the end. That is the story. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Now Good that, night. Good night. The, uh, the, now that Krampus movie, I believe Weta designed the Krampus. Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, which is awesome. And I can't wait to see it because I want to see that. Apparently it's all puppets and, and dolls and, and animatronics and stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, all the cool stuff. And yeah. yes, Chad, American Dad did a Krampus episode. Venture Brothers did a Krampus episode. And and guess what? Everything you like will do a Krampus episode now. It's true. From now until until everyone's sick of it. Just to, just, just to give a good uh, 
uh, good uh, push and pump to some guy. There's a guy out there, a CR, Chad Rocco. He did a little short history of the Krampus in animation, and he ran down a bunch of different stuff. So, you know, hey, go go check him out if you like. He okay. he does good stuff. Um, the It's funny we mentioned American Dad, just taking a quick segue from Christmas movies. American Dad's Christmas specials are some of the best Christmas specials I've seen. Yes, they are. Show, bar none. It's and they're just, some of the most expected because you didn't expect them to go the places that they did. That's it. And you don't it's, expect it to go in that direction. And it's so clever and amazing and funny and bizarre. Those were my source of inspiration. I was like, I want to, if I'm doing something like that, I'm doing something right. And to be, you know, and to borrow a comic book term, I think they did the smartest thing with their Christmas episodes. It's kind of what the Simpsons do with their Halloween shows and being like, no, these are all out of canon so we can do whatever we want. Yes. Yeah, I like that a lot. Like, uh, like, God, they've done so many great ones in a row. There's the one where Jesus comes back and you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And that's like, it's like, oh, no, wait, no, Jesus is back. And it means like the freaking apocalypse is coming. Right. And his wife starts dating Jesus or General Jesus <laughs> and he becomes a road warrior. That's, in the future. The that's the one I went. What the hell is happening? All in a Christmas episode. All in a Christmas episode. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, and then there's the one where, like, he dies, but he doesn't get into heaven because he's being a dick on Christmas, so he has to try and, like, uh, fight his case to get in there. Yep. Yep. Or, uh, or oh, God, what was the other good one? There's so, Or where he goes back in time in the classic, like, you're thinking it's yes. going to be a Christmas carol, and, like, Phoebe from Friends takes him back in time. Yep. Yep. And, and he's he, like, no, I'm I'm going to go stop a friggin', uh, what is it? Jane Fond. <laughs> Jane Fond, the clute actress. I'm going to stop her from ruining Christmas by uh, making her thing on Vietnam that she That's did. That's one of my favorite things. And you know whose fault this is, don't you? Jane, Jane Fonda. Fonda. Jane Fonda. That's right. I love that Donald Sutherland is there, too. Nice little Canadian connection. Yeah, Donald Sutherland I, is trying to bang Jane Fonda yeah. at that time. That, ma that moment at the end where he just, he's yelling at Reagan. He goes, Reagan, Mr. President, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's right, because they have to remake Taxi Driver because he got Martin Scorsese off coke in the 80s, yep. so he never made Taxi Driver. <laughs> uh, like, they're just like, I don't want to do a Christmas special. I want to do something really weird, but we'll couch it in a Christmas idea. That's the thing. Like, then, that's then the formula. Then would they fight Santa with a moonshine redneck and they have a heavy metal cover of Carol of the Bells? Yes. How amazing is that? Or when they kill Santa and then Santa comes back. And that's he the same episode. Them down. Yeah, amazing stuff. Uh, so, all right, what are some of your favorite Christmas movies that either might not be considered Christmas movies or at least, or, or are definitive since we talked about a Christmas Carol. Well, you know, actually I'm, I'm going to talk about something new here. Okay. And, and and this is something that I've talked about on my own channel for a bit. And that is most of the Christmas specials we're talking about are all older. Yes. And it's very rare, very, very rare that a new Christmas movie or a new Christmas special will catch the pop culture zeitgeist. Yes. And will be like, oh, this is required viewing. There's a reason people watch Frosty every year, watch Rudolph and the Grinch every year, and will yeah. continue. I will say, Even by the way, I watched Frosty the other day. It does not hold up. It's a little weird. It's pretty weak. Now, Chuck Jones as the Grinch is timeless. Always great. Friggin', I, uh, I think Trump's the, uh, the the Jim Carrey one by a country. Oh, buddy. God, yeah. And it's shorter, too. They get the whole story done. Yeah, they get it all done, that and it's also just brilliant and wonderful. Boros Karloff does the uh, does the voiceover. Just spectacular. And, of course, it's Chuck Jones. It's just It looks like a fucking great Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yes, the it's... best Looney Tunes animation, but for the Grinch. Exactly. So anyway. e Even those gags with the dog who doesn't uh, talk are yeah, pure, Max, straight-up yeah, Looney it's Tunes. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. 
Spectacular. But, but Boris Karloff is king. I know last year uh, a bunch of like former Family Guy and former uh, Simpsons writers put a lot of time and money together on a new special uh, starring uh, George Costanza's dad, uh, Jerry Stiller. Jerry Stiller, yeah. Jerry Stiller called uh, How Murray Saved Christmas. And it's not good, and I think it's a perfect example of like, oh, this is why you don't put the time and money to make a new Christmas special because nine times out of ten they are huge failures. And this it, it came out last year, yeah. And this year I'm looking through like the five dollar bin, and they're all there in the five dollar bin next to all the other failed Christmas specials that failed to launch. Right. You mean but, like Kirk Cameron saving Christmas? <laughs> I I want to see that. I hear that's amazing. Kirk Cameron saves Christmas. That's gotta be a that's gotta be a riff right there. That's got to be just his, I think, Elseworld Exchange. Is, are we going to have to do that? Are we going to have to I talk about it? I think we are. I think we are going to have to do that. Because Joel, by the way, has pitched me the idea of us doing like an MST3K kind of show. I think that's not a bad idea. We should, For those who don't know, Kurt Cameron you know, was a famous TV actor who has since about gone. 30 gone, years ago, he was a very famous TV actor. And since then, he has gone gonzo for Jesus. And his Christmas movie was all about, it's like, man, I'm not going to let liberals and atheists ruin Christmas anymore. So he made... This weird, cheap movie, I assume just with all of his friends. Right, only the people who would agree with him. Yeah. To be in this movie. And it's just kind of him sitting in a car and trying to get, like, the atheist straw man of the piece to believe in Santa. Yep. And the holidays. And it's, like, the most pro-consumerism Christmas movie ever. Yeah. Which is weird because it's pro-Jesus and pro-consumerism at the same time. And right. there's like, you know, mouth sex with hot chocolate. Like they're just getting right into it. Oh, great. <laughs> it's, it, I, I'm getting off point. I was trying to talk about a good one, but you hijacked. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. A this. good one, a good one. A good one. It's fairly new. It's from Ardman Animation, the guys who you'll remember from Chicken Run and um, the, uh, what is it, Wallace and Gromit movies. They made a movie yeah. a couple years back called Arthur Christmas with like James McAvoy yeah. and Jim Broadbent. It's really good. It is a, you know, I'm sure it's a pitch you've heard before. It's about, you know, the children of Santa. Okay. It's about his son, Arthur, who is a complete and total screw up so much to the point that his dad makes him work in the mail room reading kids letters. I think I've heard the, uh, yes, I have heard this premise before. And uh, what is it? His, his, his other overachieving brother is, um is a, uh, is Dr. House freaking I'm uh, Oh, uh, Yes. Oh, that guy, yeah. you know, that guy. Hugh Laurie? Uh, Hugh Laurie, thank you, is his overachieving brother, and he's next in line for the Santa hat. You know, he's going to achieve it. Okay. And, and, and this movie and its iconography is really interesting because, like, you see Santa's past in, like, this great wall, and they seem to imply that Santa was, like, a progenitor of, like, some weird british like royal air force order because like you see them like in military regalia and instead of a sleigh this new slick santa has like an airship like okay. a final fantasy airship with a cloak <laughs> device and santa's so old and fat now he doesn't even do anymore the elves go in like freaking black ops ninjas and deliver gifts that's cool and he gets to take all the credit and everything and when when they miss a kid on Christmas Eve, uh, Arthur the screw-up takes it upon himself to go out and deliver the gift single-handedly okay. himself. Just, you know, so Christmas won't be ruined for this one kid. Yeah. It's it's really great, but more than that, it has something that few animated movies, let alone few Christmas specials, can have. And that is a thing called moral complexity. Mm. 
it is one of the most morally complex Christmas stories I've ever seen because it would be very easy to paint the big brother character as the villain of the piece. Oh, yeah. He's he's really not though. In fact, as they show you several times throughout the movie, he really should have the job. He really <laughs> should be Santa. Mm -hmm. And the other Santa really should retire by now, but he won't because his pride is too much in the way. Uh, okay, cool. And it's like all these different stories converging. And then you have uh, uh, Bill Nighy. Oh, cool. Playing the grand Santa, playing this old, almost dementia-ridden Santa. It's like, yeah, we're going to get the old sleigh out of stock, and we're going to go, and we're going to go deliver this gift. And I, I've been keeping the reindeer secret from your brother and your father all this time. We're going to go. Oh, my God. And we're going to do it. And it's like, whoa, this is amazing. And it's really almost kind of like this portrait of this dysfunctional Santa family. That's amazing. And the and like the old man, the Bill Nighy character is like, no, I'm only doing this to show up your uh, to show up your brother and father that they shouldn't have retired me so early. And but, I'm like, whoa, dude. And it's like echoing the the fact that he really probably should be retiring the other one. Like, absolutely, it's <clears throat> this it's this family saga about Santa's, and it's just a beautiful looking movie. And James McAvoy does a great job. He's really you know likable and everything. Cool. It's a cool movie. If you've never seen it, check out Arthur Christmas. It's one of the few movies that I think yes, this is a new Christmas classic. Nice. No, I've not watched it, so I'll have to check it out. I legitimately was just like, oh, it looks like one of those other things. I just... You you think it would? And I went in thinking that too. That I'm like, ah, this looks saccharine and crappy. Then you watch, and it's like, oh no, wait, this has a lot going on under the hood actually. Right. That's really and cool. I, and I wouldn't even have watched it if I didn't know if it. Was was Ardman if I didn't know it was the Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run guys. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's really cool. It is cool. But what else you got? Uh, as far as Christmas movies go, um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, there's the Nightmare, the Nightmare Before Christmas, which I've heard is, I mean, like, you know, I saw it in theaters and seen it maybe one or two times afterwards, but, like, it's more of a Halloween movie. Is it? See, I think it's more of a Christmas That's movie, funny. but then it gets, yeah. I think I think it gets played more at Christmas than it does Halloween. Oh, it does because well, because there aren't really that many Halloween movies. Like Halloween doesn't have like a hot like it's not like you get a Halloween gift. You know what I mean? There's no, no like there's there's no seminal Halloween unless you talk about like horror movies, like the movie Halloween or scary mm. movies. You know those are great. Like like watching Young Frankenstein on Halloween is a you know Rocky Horror Picture Show or just yeah, like yeah. or slasher movies you know but those but uh but as far as like no let's watch let's talk about the spirit of Halloween and then watch yeah, this really. movie like it's not really a thing uh, i remember when it came out on VHS they were they had the commercial where they they released it for Christmas, and then at Halloween they tried to do it again where they're like for this <laughs> Halloween give the gift of the nightmare before Christmas i'm like what are you doing Don't no try one to take gets a Halloween bite of the gifts. apple that doesn't work it, it, it is smart, though, to try and create a movie that's dual holiday so you cash in twice. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, I mean, it's brilliant. Um, I, I, I was going to say, you know, uh, amazing direction from Tim Burton. But as I'm sure everyone out there now knows, Tim Burton didn't actually direct that nope, one. He did not. Uh, and did you know Danny Elfman was the voice of Jack when he's singing? Oh, yes. I think I did know that. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who'd have thought that a brilliant musical composer could also sing? Could sing really, really well. Yeah, yeah I, I, I really like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. It definitely plucks my former goth kid heartstrings, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, everything's so sad, man. I'm sad in Christmas and stuff. And look how big and beautiful the moon is and that weird sloping <laughs> mountain thing that they do. Uh -huh. So many tattoos of people I've seen that got a tattoo of that thing where it's him and Sally standing on the big mountaintop with the moon and everything. Yay. <laughs> I've, I, I have seen so many tattoos of that. Wow. I have not, thank God. 
it, um, it definitely hits it definitely hits all the right marks for a certain sort of person yeah uh did you ever see any of the earnest movies uh i've seen a couple of them yes have but you i've seen I, him save christmas i have seen him save christmas and i will say probably one of the best cinematic santas yes that guy does a great santa also the voice of the sultan in the aladdin really? movies that's really yes. cool nice. same guy that's awesome uh i'm not a fan of that one. really but you're not a fan of Ernest. as a kid i loved Ernest. Like I, my one of my favorite movies as a as a uh, maybe nine year old was Ernest Scared Stupid, which the, which was the only one I could think of as a Halloween movie. M Miak, you know, gotta get him with the Miak. Yeah, that's right. M I something K, and I think Eartha Kitt plays the witch in the, that's right. In she the does. raddest treehouse I've ever seen. Yeah. <clears throat> um. But yeah. The, 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 yeah, it's Ernest Saves Christmas heart is in the right place, but that's about it. That's about it. It doesn't hold up. None of them do. No, the they don't hold up. Like, but, but hey, he's Slinky Dog or he was Slinky Dog was. until he unfortunately passed away. He was in two out of three Toy Stories. He was two out of three. Uh, yeah, actually, Chad, that's another uh, underrated one. The Hebrew Hammer, which was like a Comedy Central one they did about a Jewish superhero yes. who fought Andy Dick, the evil son of Santa, who kills him and takes over and tries to ruin Christmas. <laughs> it's I, ridiculous, but it's kind of hilarious at I the same time. I remember promos for it and was like, this is not for me. <laughs> there's an amazing line in that movie where it's like you know the league of jewish superheroes they're like you know we need someone to help us defend our holiday we need the toughest jewish person we can find we need liev shriver and this was like this was like years before liev shriver ever became a thing right and became a household name and i went back and watched the movie and i'm like holy crap they, they knew liev shriver was going to be a thing even yeah. back then <laughs> yeah before he was just a bit part in scream yeah <laughs> That's way too Every funny. Every time I see him in a movie, I go, hey, it's Cotton Weary from Scream. <laughs> that guy who was Sabretooth one time, but is in the really awesome Ray Donovan show that you all need to watch. Yes, yeah. Sabretooth. Man, that's like the worst thing ever. Yeah. So I think we should round out our conversation about Christmas specials and so forth with a little movie that stars two titans of comedy. Uh, that would be Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad in a little film called Jingle. Jingle all the way. Is, is, is Schwarzenegger really a comedy titan? No. He is now. <laughs> uh, unless you count Kindergarten Cop, which I think is just a solid fucking movie. Just a I think solid so movie through and through. Who is your daddy and what does he what do? What does he do? It's, written, uh, it's written, directed by Ivan Reitman, Ghostbusters. Right. It's amazing. Also, uh, oddly enough, if you're a huge Silent Hill fan, uh, the school is the is basis. modeled after that. Yeah, no, is it, yeah, it's the basis for the models for the school in Silent Hill. Bizarre. That's freaking nuts. Yeah. That's uh, so cool. Yeah, so, but Jingle All the Way. Uh, being Starring a, Jake Lloyd before the prequels would ruin his that, life. That was the movie. Okay, so I was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. Still kind of am, but only for old Arnold. But huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. And so naturally, and my buddy and I got into him together. And so when Jingle All the Way came out, we're like, going. So sit down, like, a few days after Thanksgiving, probably. Watch this movie. It's so goddamn terrible. <laughs> it is, as, and yet it's kind of amazing. And yet it's kind of amazing. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't think this is for me, but I think I might appreciate it in the future. But having seen Jingle All the Way, like, when it came out... When they announced Jake Lloyd was playing Anakin, I thought, this movie's fucked. <laughs> Even back then. Even back then, because I was like, Jake Lloyd sucks. 
Like he is shit. And I was, and then people were like, yeah, but jingle all the way. I mean, like the whole movie is shit. I'm like, no, this kid ruined this movie. He is the whole emotional core of the movie. He is terrible. Always keep your promises if you want to keep your friends. What Turbo Man says. (laughs) Show the booster. Nobody likes you. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking the booster thing was amazing. Just everything about that was brilliant. It really, if you're not familiar with Jingle All the Way, if you were a Power Rangers fan, you will love it. I was, and I did. (laughs) Because it's like, for me, Jingle All the Way is almost to Power Rangers what Galaxy Quest is to Star Trek. A little bit, a little. They don't get into it nearly as deep, but it kind of is. Like, I wish that there was a Turbo Man movie that was like that, which would just make that that total direct com like uh, apparently from what i understand they actually did film a little short for one of the future dvds oh that's cool i ne- i never saw it i always wanted to but apparently they kind of put a little one together so so someone had the idea of what you were saying that's amazing because like okay so jingle all the way is a little movie about a workaholic dad who has a kid who's obsessed with you know turbo man who is like if the red ranger were by himself yeah. And he, and we're also the Rocketeer. And, yes. Uh, Phil Hartman is the bad guy who's trying yes, to... Yes, he is. Friggin' Lionel Hutz. How great is that? He's trying to bang Jake Lloyd's mom. That's and, his big evil plot. Yeah, and Arnold is battling with Sinbad, who's a disgruntled postal worker, because that Literally. was a joke back in the 90s. Uh, and Instead of being really kind of sad nowadays when you're like, oh, oh. Well, they, they make a lot of terrorism and bomb jokes. I know, right? You go back and look at that now, and you're like, they could never have done this today, yeah, exactly. not this climate. By the way, because the, the movie tries to be real, like it tries to be a real movie, and then it like goes off the rails like when Sinbad gives the police a, a mail bomb, and then it blows up. And in true Daffy Duck fashion, like their hair is blown back and yep. they soot on their faces. Ooh. And you're like, what, what is happening? And then, of course, later, uh, Arnold puts on the Turbo Man costume, but it works <laughs> for some reason. For some reason, just for the parade that he was in. But he does get to say, it's Turbo Time. It's Turbo Time. It's Turbo Time. And then blasts off and I guess makes the day better for his son. I don't know, but like the Turbo Man doll, they also hit on that whole like Tickle Me Elmo like yes. craze, the idea of being that there's this one toy that everybody wants. And will kill for. That they'll kill for and that, that mothers and like department stores will just trample each other to get. Turbo Man was that character, or was that toy. But my um, favorite moment of the movie is the black market Santa racket Yes. that they got going around. And, and again, like a... Uh, I forget which one it is, but one of like the big muscle bound Santa is actually like a famous wrestler. Oh, really? Yeah. Who they dressed up for that moment to fight Arnold. Oh, I don't know. It might, I don't know. It was, I, w- I want to say it's Kevin Nash, but maybe it's not. Yeah. I did not know wrestling back then. So I don't really know. But, Ke- uh, Kevin Nash has made a real career of being just like the heavy in stuff. He, he's the guy who fights Thomas Jane as the Russian in the 2004. Oh, punch. no way. That's him. It's just like, we need a big, beefy guy to come fight and not say anything. That's oh, it was really Big cool. Show. It was Big Show. Thank you, everybody. Oh, okay. I uh, I used to have a uh, wrestling PlayStation game. Nice. In which we would create wrestlers. 
Always the best. Like, we would make our own, and we would always, of course, max out. Like, we made him the fattest person ever, and then gave him the Big Show's theme song. So when he came <laughs> it's out, a big show. it's the Big Show. So, yeah. He uh, still has that theme to this day. He really? <laughs> he does. He's way too old to be doing it now. He gets booed every time he comes up. <laughs> Everyone chants, retire already, retire already. That's amazing. Yeah. Because his knees don't work anymore, and he sweats all the time now. But he's like, I'm still doing it, though. Yeah. that's really sad it is you know some of some of these guys just refuse to retire and by all account he's a very nice man is the thing too so they don't want to make him retire if he doesn't want to yeah yeah but they're like you must have saved up enough by now right man like just write a book about having getting into a real fight behind the scenes with somebody bigger than you and you'll be fine (laughs) um but uh but the turbo man doll was kind of an interesting thing because you mentioned you always wanted a turbo man doll Mm -hmm. uh they did in fact make them i know uh it's funny because my old comic book retailer was obsessed with getting one (laughs) because it's a real like you know status symbol if you have a yes and he's like i gotta get a turbo man doll and we were at toy con maybe two years ago or a year ago. I don't remember which year it was, but they had like just one of the, it's, it's just a big gym filled with retail, just, just card tables full with your past. And on one of them was just this. It was, it looked like it was ripped from the movie of <laughs> turbo man. And you push the button and he says it's turbo time and all kinds <laughs> of other crap. And it, by the way, not in the box, no accessories, just turbo man. Boom. Like if you had him, here he is. And I saw him and I thought, like, I should get him for my retailer and then blow his mind. But then I thought, like, yeah, maybe he doesn't really care. And then how um, much was it? I don't remember how much he wanted for it. I, it was not like it wasn't like more than $50. It, was, it, it wasn't an exorbitant fee. I mean, no, it wasn't $600 for Turbo Man. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so, because this is the real world where no one cares about Turbo Man. I'm oh, like in the fake Tiffany's world. Tiffany's correcting me. She thinks it was about $90. Oh, okay. See, that's too much. That is far too much for a broken toy. For a that's movie that no one too. likes. You could just eBay that crap. Uh, but I remember saying like, but I looked at it. Yeah, that's right. We found out the price and I went, oh no, this is not worth a joke. And then we went to the to my, 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 my friend and I was like, hey, did you see the Turbo Man doll? And he's like, and he, and he, he was like, where? Like, you saw Turbo Man? I'm like, yeah, he's over there. And he just, boom, gone. It's like it's like you saw the Holy Grail. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, there What was, was it like to stand in its presence? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it was lame. I got to, to-, I got to hold it and everything. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> then, I think a few weeks later, I went into the comic book store, and Turbo Man was sitting on the cash register. <laughs> <laughs> And I go, oh, you got him. And he goes like, yeah, I got him. Like, and to think the legacy of Jingle All the Way is that like 30 years later, they would make Jingle All the Way 2 starring Larry the Cable Guy. Is that a thing? That's a real thing. That came out like last year. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I agree. <laughs> that's the exact same sound I made too when I heard it. Oh. 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 Oh, that. Oh. Well, because here's the thing like you say it's a movie no one liked jingle all the way has a real cult following now it's like the plan nine from outer space of christmas movies it's yes. like right up there with santa versus the martians right but it's the problem with it is the problem with most cult classic movies of today is that there are very few that are made 
that are bad movies in which they know or which they don't know it's bad. They're in on the joke is the thing. The Jingle All the Way people know they're making a shitty cash grab Christmas movie. And they're also trying to have some social relevance by doing the booster bit and making Jingle All the Way, like by making Turbo Man, his whole thing is just a parody. You know, like the whole thing is, it's a, it, the comedy comes from the interaction between Arnold and Sinbad. And that is their legitimate attempt at humor. Yeah, I don't think that that is enough to qualify cult classic or cult cult <laughs> followings the way that like Plan Nine or The Room has. It needs to be a massive vanity project in which the person that who's fails spectacularly, it, yeah, in which the person that's making it is genuinely trying to make a good movie, and so it is so completely unaware of themselves. But it gets all the way through that some by that like the gods themselves have have given him an up have given this person an opportunity to tell their horrible tasteless piece of shit story like some Manos hands of fate right bullshit. like just and and here it is on celluloid forever here is your mistake forever and like that's where cult following comes from that's where the humor is I think I like taking it, they don't even exist anymore like. There's there's a movie, I, you know what, I'm not even going to mention it. I was going to say, my friend was in a movie, and it's really bad, and I want it to be picked up by, like, Rift Tracks or something. You want it to be the next thing. You want it to I be want the it, next thing. And, and it has such potential to be the next thing. The problem is, if I let it go, they'll know it was me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't let it come, but you got to leak it out on some form. Like, but you if know, you I gotta... do, they'll know it was me because no one got a copy of that movie except me. So all, all roads lead back to you is yes. what you're saying. <laughs> My fingerprint is on that movie. So there's no way I can release it. Uh, or even even quietly, I could just, oh, Anonymous, here it is. It's on Vimeo. You're welcome. Nope, can't do it. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that said... Uh, we we made a joke in the in the first Christmas special I ever made for the channel, in which I said that like there aren't really any new Christmas specials. There isn't really anything that like has that cult following. In, you in think it's catching? I would say I would say the last one that caught on pop culture wise was Bad Santa is the last one. Yeah, and which they're making a sequel of too, but they're having everybody yes. back except for John Ritter, of course. But you know, and with a friggin' uh, Bernie Mac too. Yes, yeah, Bernie. Right, Jesus Christ. For obvious reasons. Yeah, but uh, you know, the like the last time they made one was like 1989 or Bad Santa. Uh, do you think that? Do you think we can get anything like what we have, like our stock of classic Christmas specials, in the future well, or today, or do you think it's kind of like it either has to be self-referential, ironic, or transcendental? It can't just be a pure. Hey, here's something. Hey, listen. Like, you can't just have, like, somebody who, like, like a Ted Turner type just go, like, hey, yo, yo, I love Christmas. Here's the thing about it. <laughs> Speaking of ones that were self-referential and, and on the joke and very meta, did you ever see the Colbert Christmas greatest gift of all, which was, like, him riffing on all those bad, like, Bob Hope uh, variety shows? No, I did not, but I bet it's great. It is. It genuinely is. That's another one I watch every year. To be fair, it's like five or six years old now, and some of the pop culture references are starting to break down a little mm -hmm. bit, but I think they made it enough to kind of shoot for this timeless cheese factor. Yeah. And, like, literally the first song he sings is called Hey, It's Another Christmas Song. <laughs> An another crappy holiday cash-in Christmas song. Yeah. So it's incredibly self-aware, 
and like John Stewart stops by and they sing a song about Hanukkah and Colbert, of course, in classic Colbert fresh is like, yeah, but Christmas is much cooler though. <laughs> it's, it's like, do you get a bunch of presents? Do you have a massive feast? You know, does it uh, honor events great and amazing like the birth of our Lord? And Stewart's like, oil that burned for eight days. It's not our nicest holiday. We have better ones, but <laughs> but this one kind of got picked up because it's in relation to your holiday. Yep. Um, uh, the, Willie Nelson sings a song in it too about giving the gift of weed, and it's pretty amazing. Now they uh, they also released the the very Murray Christmas on Netflix, which it did. I, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either, but I read a um I read a review of it in which they said that like it was it was good. Like they said it was cool. But they also said that the idea is that Netflix was kind of like, here is a Christmas special that more or less says from Netflix, we're replacing TV and we're <laughs> able to do the things that TV used to used do. to do. Yeah, that's fair. And I think they might be right, but I'm looking forward to seeing if it was effective because it's also forgivably short. Like it's not. And I'm that's sure it's. Good. I'm sure it's. It's as short as Bill Murray's attention span. <laughs> these days yeah but uh but yeah like another and in another vein like for so there's that question is it possible for them to make like a timeless christmas special that's just purely attempting to be a christmas there's special? no there's no way of telling what's going to catch on and again i think some stuff catches on by accident even oh, yeah. um but the other thing like, is it, it's a wonderful life people hold that up as this amazing thing it's a wonderful life got slaughtered at the box office it sure when did. it came the sure only did. reason it's a huge deal now is because they let the copyright lapse and because of it, TV networks could play it every year and not have to pay for it. And now, just from repetition, it yes. has become a classic. It is lovely, by the way. It's a great story. It's a it's it's directed by Franz Capra. It's a, an amazing flick. It's got Jimmy Stewart's like you know, it's a wonderful performance. I like It's a Wonderful Life. J Jimmy Stewart in the in the role, that, the, the, in the role that everybody's always, you know, quoting and yeah. kind of drew impressions off of him in that movie. Merry oh, Christmas movie house! Oh, you, you just can't buy people, Mr. Potter. <laughs> well, it's not my house. It's in, it's in, it's in Fred's house. It's and Fred's Jerry's house. house. What are you doing with my, house, my money in your house, Fred? Punch. Yeah. <laughs> they, they all have your money. It's them, <laughs> not me. <laughs> um, yeah, Bedford Falls. Uh, by the way, blew my mind when they referenced it in the Batman animated series with Christmas and the with the Joker. That's great. Like, well, hey, can we watch It's a Wonderful Life? I'm like, can you say that? C can could never got past it's Batman. I never liked. It. Could never get past the title. <laughs> I love that line. That's so fucking funny. That I could never get past the title because it's not a wonderful life. Because if it was, <laughs> my parents wouldn't be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so what he wants to say. Yeah, like God damn it, Batman. You have two people who love you in this house that, that, and one of them waits on you hand and foot and gives up his holidays to fucking help you punch the penguin. Get over yourself for a day. Uh, Comfort and Joy, another really amazing. I covered that one on Comics TV already this week, but yeah, Comfort and Joy, the Justice League one is really awesome. Yeah. Uh, where Martian a... Manhunter goes to Smallville. Oh, yeah. That, where he sings his Martian song, and yeah, that's a really Be sweet message. Because he heard the church choir through his telepathy thing, uh, sing, uh, it came upon a midnight clear. Yeah. That's so good. There's an old comic book. I think Neil Adams drew it in which bat it's like Christmas in Gotham or something like that in which Batman like sings with carolers and like puts oh, on a nice. beard and nice. I, I love I love the image of like cuz it's Neil Adams at his, at the top of his game. So it's just awesome looking. Um and I think this year I'm finally going to watch It's a uh, a Miracle on 34th Street for the first time. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen that movie. Uh, original version or remake? Uh, the original one. Yeah, I guess. That's that's always the thing with some of these. Now, which are you going to watch, the originals or the remake? Well, was it was there controversy? Were they going to make It's a Wonderful Life 2? Was that the idea? <laughs> I, I don't know if they... they... I heard that they were going to do that, and then they just opted not to because of just the public outcry. It, they... It's a Wonderful Life 2, The Empire Strikes Back. Technically, they already made one. There's a movie from like the 80s or 90s called Clarence. That's right, and it's about the dude. And it's yeah. about the angel or whatever. It's huh. fucking bad. But like, I I would like to imagine that. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 but I'm gonna see. I, but I, but don't no don't remake it and you know just I don't know. I, I like uh I, I like Christmas movies, I like Christmas specials. I just I like I like to just indulge mm. in cheerfulness for like maybe a day Same or here. two. It's just something. Yeah, because really cool. it's the only time of year you can get away with all the saccharine sweetness. And yes, Chad, I know I said telepathy. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I heard telepathy, and I'm like, I'm gonna let it ride. I'm gonna let Te- it ride. Telepathy. I can say it. It was weird. Prime's like, fucking no. <laughs> I am Chad, on you, Cape Joel. I will not let you get away with mispronunciation, mofo. <laughs> not, not, not on, not on Christmas. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you are watching this episode after the fact, I want to wish you guys a happy holidays and let us know in the comment section down below your absolute bar none, you know, die in the wolf favorite Christmas or holiday special of all time. Let us know in the comment section down below. And uh, yeah, uh, Joel, thank you so much for joining me on this on this Always holly jolly to... episode of Elseworlds Exchange. I, I was going to say, I feel like I really only scratched the surface we did. of these. This, this is every episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Well, we've been it's talking true. for two and a half hours, and we've only mentioned five things, but and there's a thousand more to go. Uh, Dude, we didn't talk about the Simpsons Christmas special, which nope. is technically the first episode. The first we episode. didn't talk about the, the Hey Arnold special that involves Vietnam. Right. Nope, we did not do that. We uh, Yeah, there's so many things we did not get to. But once again, the idea here being that the Elseworlds Exchange kind of touches touches on all those cultural touchstones and then throws it to you guys to, to, to kind of nail it and and, and, uh, and bring it home for us. And also, of course, there's, I was going to say, there's not enough time in the day. There's not enough time in the day. This also, of course, leaves us opportunities to have more things to talk about in the next episode or in the sequel here, to here. the episode in which we talk about something. Um, maybe this will become a new holiday tradition. Maybe this will become something that the family is all gather around and watch the Christmas episode of Elseworld. That exchange. would be lovely, right? This is the first, this is a kind of a milestone. It's the first holiday themed episode of the Elseworlds exchange. Not bad. They can never take that away from us. That's right. Uh, and by the way, if you're watching this live, congratulations, because I'm not going to release this episode of formally until probably next week. Cause I got too much. Hey, stuff going. There you go. But uh, maybe Friday. I don't know. But we'll see. Uh, but the point that, being, that, that's a good idea to bank these. I know we're not sure with scheduling because you put out your big video on, yeah, on Thursday. Thursday, so it's like you know, no. And we're and of course, uh, Joel, do you have anything you'd like to pimp out that you'd like to share or or get the chat excited about? Uh, well, actually, yeah. Thank uh, thanks for saying it. <laughs> the, the holiday exchange. Yeah, I like that. I, <laughs> yeah. I like that chat. I like that Nimrod Canada. That's a good name. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you head on over to my channel right now, I have a special celebration video. Kate Joel, thanks to the many great people out there watching and great people like you that I've collaborated with. I crossed the 2K subscriber line, right. which is congratulations. Funny. It's the second time I've crossed it, actually. <laughs> I, I crossed it on my old channel, and now I just crossed it again. But hey, why not celebrate, especially in this holiday season when all the shows I review are uh, are all on hiatus, so I can use all the content I can get. Uh, yeah. New episode of The Rack Attack, talking about uh, 
uh, all the comics that came out this week. I'm going to be taking a break from that for like a week or so because I want to put together my list for the top 10 best comics of 2015. Oh, cool. Which I think uh, if I can use that list, I can double up. Maybe that's a topic for us in the future because I imagine we do have 10 comics that we love from oh, 2015 no we'd love to talk about. No doubt. And I think tomorrow... Because it's the day before Star Wars, The Force Awakens opens everywhere over the world. I'm going to have a very special Star Wars-themed video. I basically just walked around to three of the stores in my area with my camera and tried to capture all the Star Wars merchandise that I could find. Oh, that's hilarious. I love that idea. There's a lot of it, and it's like, too, I tried to challenge myself. I'm like, okay, let's see if we can find crossover items because it's Star Wars and it's Christmas. Let's see what we can find together. <laughs> I love and, that and, idea. And I... And I and I know joke net now now I own a Chewbacca uh stocking. Oh, I, I I needed one anyway, and it was there, so now I have one. You know what's funny? We were at the Target looking at uh looking at different stockings, and they have like, you know, these they had a the, the one that got us looking at them was the R2D2, like almost like a knitted sweater pattern stocking. Mm -hmm. And we were like, This is great! And then looked at the other ones and they were all crappy, and we were like, No. Oh. Well, there's no point in getting another one if there's only one good Star Wars stocking. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say, thanks to like Disney and Lucasfilm like teaming up, we're getting some really solid Star Wars merch. Like, yeah, there's some yeah, amazing hoodies and shirts and sweaters and stuff that we're getting that are just I've never seen before. And like, I own more than a few of them, and I gave more than a few as gifts this year. Nice. <laughs> It, it, it's funny, I, I have a younger cousin now who's really into that Star Wars Rebels thing. Oh, yeah. That show, and the last time I saw him, I must have seemed like the coolest adult ever because I was more than willing to talk to him oh. about how great Zeb is in Star Wars Rebels is. And I'm like, man, I've never felt cool before, but now I do. <laughs> this kid thinks I'm awesome, and it's like, no, I'm not. It's a dark path on which I'm down. Don't, don't, learn don't to follow me. <laughs> Learn to throw a football. Read a book that doesn't have pictures in it. <laughs> Do anything. Yeah, oh, that's funny because it's true. It's true. Look, is... kid, if you keep if you keep going like me, then one day you're gonna have a weekly YouTube show where you talk about Christmas specials. Exactly. This is your future. I am your ghost of friggin' you know Christmas future right here. Is what I am. Let me let me lift up my Star Wars hoodie and. <laughs> Do my and Emperor see... Palpatine impression. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Um, over here on Comic Pop, uh, we just released a special off-the-rack episode of Superman American Alien number two on DC Fans. DC's official fan that. channel. We have a video. Uh, and what the hell, comic population? Let's let's give it some love. Go over there. I'll put a link in the description box below this video. Right below the link to Cape Joel's channel, you can always find a link to that episode. Thank you. Uh, check it out. Give it some love. Give uh, DC a reason to work with us again. Damn, you should have seen the swag box we got for doing that video. Um, Did not, you now? Not to mention the fact that I also got to read Max Landis's, uh Superman American Alien 2 a week early, which was That's awesome. pretty slick. Uh, God damn, man. Max Landis is crushing that book. He is. We gotta get he him really on this show because I want to just talk Superman with that dude for the next like three fucking hours. Um, you know, well, he he did Red Letter Media, so he's not above doing internet <laughs> shows. Yeah. man, yeah, but he loves those guys. Like, if you if you watched both those episodes of him on I Red did. Letter Media, he is like a fan, like a fanboy of those guys. He loves mm. them. Um, which I think is kind of sweet. It was kind of nice to see. It was like it is nice. He he did a great bit too over on his own channel. 
or no, I think it was from another podcast. It was kind of like a one man storyteller type show he did yes. talking about being a screenwriter and he related it all to minions and he brought it all back to minions so much to the point that he wore a yellow suit and dyed his hair blonde. Holy crap. And he's, he did, and he says, you know, the thing about Minions are they sell more now than the Avengers, more than any other brand out there, and they weren't even supposed to be in Despicable Me 1. They were a project that had been sitting around for a while, really? and the screenwriter just got told to put Minions into the movie. That's hilarious. Yeah. I saw yeah. Minions. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I've never seen Despicable Me 1 or 2, even though they say those are the good ones they because are, the yeah, Minions are in small I doses. I the second one, but the first one was cute. Steve Carell, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, does a Pl- playing a Bond villain. Yeah, and of course, if you're looking for a quick teaser about what's happening on back issues, we're doing a Star Wars book. <laughs> nice, nice. Can you give a hint of that? Is it anything people know? Is it something new? Is it something old? It might be one of the no. I mean, it's a it's a Star Wars comic. It was put out by Dark Horse, and it was uh, it's probably the most commercial one. Oh, now you see, if it were me, I would have done Legacy because Joel loves him some John Ostrand or Star Wars Legacy. Oh, yeah. I considered doing Dark Empire, uh, but we didn't do Dark Empire. Um, and I almost did uh, the the John Cassidy, like, current run. Uh, but then I thought, like, eh, maybe I'll save it. Also, I only have it on digital. So I was like, and I hate doing back issues with digital. <laughs> You know, it's it's also the thing too. It's like it's not like this is going to be the last Star Wars movie. By the sounds of it, it sounds like this is going to become a regular thing now every year, like Avengers movies. Yeah, which is fine by me as long as they're awesome. Which, of course, uh, what's it? Rogue Squadron. Rogue One. Rogue One looks fucking cool. It looks like Firefly in the Star Wars universe. Which yes, it does. Yeah, can't can't argue with that. <laughs> We've opened up the universe, so every year you're going to get a main Star Wars movie, maybe something about smugglers or bounty hunters or Ewoks or Imperial agents. <laughs> we got two movies with Ewoks. We have two I know movies with Ewoks. We don't need any more. Two, two movies with Ewoks that are perhaps even more unknown than the holiday special. Yeah, that said, by the way, uh, better than the holiday special and almost as like about on par with the prequels. <laughs> caravan of courage man caravan I, of courage that ship that wilford brimley lives in looks awesome there's <laughs> all i'm gonna say yeah also and, wilford and brimley's in the movie. maybe in the future they cured his diabetes maybe they found a <laughs> cure for it in the future yeah he makes no attempt to be anything other than wilford brimley <laughs> and the diabetes yeah <laughs> and then i struck my wife and i realized my wife's been dead for years who the hell did I hit? <laughs> Who did I hit? <laughs> Why is that so good? I know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, anyway, God thank helps. you guys for mu- for so much for watching this show. And for the love, thank you guys for wanting to watch this show. I've heard a lot of clamoring for, when the hell are we going to get Elseworlds Exchange? And it's just simply, we, we're both pretty busy people, but we try to make it Holiday happen. Holiday crunch time, man. That Holiday really crunch. what it is. Once, once January hits, it'll be like, hey, how would you guys like to see Elseworlds Exchange three days a week? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. That way I can be on five podcasts a week, so I can literally podcast every single day of the week. <laughs> you'll never have to stop talking. You'll just carry you'll just carry your Yeti with you everywhere you go, just constantly, constantly talking into it. Exactly. Uh, I'll, so, I'll be like Prince. I'll just put mics up all over my yeah, house. Be, you're, you're just wired for sound all day. <laughs> all day, every day, nonstop. Yeah. Well, maybe you should get into periscoping. I know certain people love to do that. My phone is just a phone. If someone wants to give me a better phone or a better plan, maybe I can do that. Well, the holidays are coming, man. Who knows? 
Maybe I've Santa very good or Santa's this year. son will drop off a, a, a shiny new iPhone in your future. <laughs> maybe Santa Claus yeah, shall maybe gift Krampus it to me. In the, in the middle of your beatings, we'll drop off a phone. <laughs> it's like, man, you know, Krampus knocked the crap out of me with those birch rods, but he dropped his phone. Yeah, but he dropped his phone, and it was jailbroken, so. <laughs> man, so many great contacts in here. The Tooth Fairy, <laughs> Captain Kwanzaa, the Hanukkah zombie. I think that's a pretty solid special right there. They're the beating, st stealing Krampus's phone. Stealing Krampus's phone, just just razzling the contacts, <laughs> just you know making crank calls to like the St. Patrick's Day leprechaun. Yeah, love it. That's ours. We own that. That's <laughs> that's our original idea. Do not steal TM Elseworld Exchange. <laughs> Joel, thank you so much for joining me, and chat. Thank you so much Always for participating. Pleasure. And if you're watching this after the fact, thank you guys so much for watching the show. Don't forget to like the like the video, subscribe to the channel, and see us next time on another episode of the Elseworld Exchange. I am Sal. This is Cape Joel. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. -bye. <laughs>